Hello, everybody. Welcome to the No Brainer Podcast. This is the No Brainer Podcast. My name's Jared, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Michael. We're going to Broadway, folks. We got a <laughs> new good idea this time. We are going to be professional singers. This is a singing podcast now. No more bad ideas. No more fixing them. No more of the usual razzle-dazzle that we always wow our crowds with. We're now <laughs> going on the road. We are broad. Yeah, yeah. We're we're going on Broadway because you know our our career is getting moldy, moldy and disgusting. You know, we just we can't keep it up. We gotta yeah, try I'm, something different. I'm thinking, what if we're the first podcast on Broadway? You know, like you see all these podcasts that go on tour and they they play and they quote unquote play. They just like do their podcast in front of a crowd. What if we did ours on Broadway? Oh man, that would be like yeah, that would be the place to do it. I don't know. Is there a place where you just go and do your podcast live and it's like something you aspire to do? It's got to be Broadway, right? Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, go, we're going to broadcast way. Uh-huh. Uh, all right, we need to make this. This is a good idea. We right, welcome make, to Broadcast Way. <laughs> we need to make a central hub for podcasters because there's totally not one of those. I'm sure. No, I don't think there is, but we can uh, do it. All right, there's a good idea to start off. Anything else? What's what's going on with you, Mike? What's new? Well, I uh, I found this bad idea that didn't quite warrant a full episode, so I'm just going to tell you guys right now that there's a trend of uh, what I'm going to say are older people who uh, keep McDonald's meal McDonald's meals preserved for 20 plus years. I don't know why. <laughs> just yeah, like are. Questions. But, I have questions. Can I ask questions? Uh, um, you can question it up. So, are you talking like just like in the box? They just like put it on the top shelf of their of their cabinet and and call it a day. And then twenty years later, they come back and they're like, "Oh, cool!" And then they eat it. Do they well, eat it? They do not eat it, thankfully, because that would be super duper gross. But there's like so many people out there doing this that they all have different methods. And the one that I saw that was most common was. You, like, keep the food in some sort of climate-controlled container that you know can stay at a certain temperature if you take care of it. And that's what they do. They, like, they they sit there and make sure that this McDonald's meal is not overly gross so they can show it off. I don't I don't know yeah, what like, they're Yeah, like, do they have a museum or something and people are coming in and, like, I was hoping I could see the 1997 McRib. Do you have one of those? <laughs> oh, dude, a McRib would be nasty. I see, I think... The common one is like Happy Meals, like a burger and fries. A McRib, I don't think a McRib would hack it. You know, no. that sounds Well, I've, I've got one. So I, for some reason, am subscribed to McDonald's emails. I don't know how I got signed up for that. Must be I downloaded the app at one point and put my email in because I get emails from them now. Right, um, yeah. But I have one here that I think people are going to want to preserve. It's the uh, McDonald's plus Captain or Cactus Jack. The Travis Scott meal from McDonald's. <laughs> um, Travis Scott meal? Yeah, so you can what? order Travis Scott's favorite McDonald's meal. Um, oh. Apparently, he likes a quarter pounder with cheese, add bacon and lettuce. It's a medium fry, side of barbecue sauce, and a medium Sprite. That is the $6 Travis Scott meal in celebration of, I think, his new album. Um, it's $6, <laughs> so if you're looking to put put something on display in a few years, this might be a good oh, place man. to start for collectors. I can't wait. Like, I can't wait to just watch that YouTube video of someone unearthing their 20-year-old Travis Scott 
a meal. <laughs> so gross. It's like those crappy unboxing videos where they're like wearing gloves and stuff and like everything's super prim and proper, but it's like a Travis Scott <laughs> McDonald's meal oh, from 2020, the worst year ever. The one screenshot I saw, like this person wasn't even wearing gloves. They were like picking up these obviously gross McDonald's fries and they're like, look, there's no mold. Yeah, it's like, well, yeah, okay. if you keep it airtight, there's enough grease in those things. It, yeah. And there, I, I always like the people that are like, can you imagine what it does to our bodies? And it's like, yeah, I can. I can see it on <laughs> gross people. Yeah. And people eat it all the time. It's we like, love it. A lot of people. A lot of you people know what don't the, care. You know what the air doesn't have that my body does? Stomach acid. Oh, yeah. We so, dissolve things. We don't just store it in our stomachs. That's interesting. Yeah, no, it doesn't just, like, sit there. I hope, at least. Imagine if, like, I've got, like, 30-year-old McDonald's. I'm not even 30. How would I have 30-year-old <laughs> McDonald's in me? What did I just say? Dude, how are, you are from the future. Oh, my God. Whoa. You, you went and ate McDonald's, and then you came back 30 years, and you're like, yeah, I got 30-year-old McDonald's in me. And then some old lady was like, I'll one-up you. Here's McDonald's from 1980. This is 40-year-old McDonald's. Yeah, I I don't understand this trend. I was kind of confused. I thought it was just a one-off that ended up on Reddit, but no, there's at least like eight of them. Yeah, that's uh, weird. Don't do that. That's a bad idea, y'all. Yeah, don't keep food just chilling, literally, in your closet. Not good. Yeah. Uh... uh more, so, more bad ideas? Do we have those? We have I those think, in stock? Let me... Oh, yeah, I found one. All right, cool. Yeah, I got we a bad need, one. Good, that's good. We need a better soundboard for looking through things. For, for me hitting my keyboard <laughs> when I'm looking for my ideas. Uh, yeah. All right, Jared, what do, you, what do you got for us? Yeah, let's jump into it. All right. So this week I've got a couple of ideas here. Well, more so like bad rejections, I guess, which kind of is like a bad idea. That still fits. Yeah, that's still yeah. fits. So um, uh, when people have good ideas, we find out that sometimes people reject them for no reason. And that's a bad idea on their part. So that's how I'm spinning this as a bad idea. I like that. That's that's fair. The, the 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 call is good. You are good to go, Jared. Okay, cool. Phew. I was hoping <laughs> that would get past the censors because, yeah, I mean, if we ever did one that wasn't necessarily quote unquote an idea, then I would be screwed, and this would oh, we'd have to cancel the podcast. We'd have to start over. Broadcast way would be gone. Oh no, not broadcast way. I would eat my McDonald's meal that's in my closet and just end it all. <laughs> oh man. Sorry. So. Uh, yeah, so I've got two famous stories of rejection of things that should not have been rejected and would have made people very rich if they had just said yes. Oh, man. Whenever this concept comes up, I always think of people who, like, lost lottery tickets and they, they can't find them. Like, Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I've cringy. seen news stories of like that of people like, oh, I threw away my lottery ticket and then I saw my numbers up on the board and I'm like, I buy those numbers. Every and it's like, you're an idiot. Why yeah. are you buying them? You're throwing them away <laughs> just to get rid of them. But uh, uh, yeah. so uh, the first one is a book, a pretty popular book Ooh. that uh, I'm sure everyone has heard of the Bible. 
Yeah, the first couple of publishers denied the Bible. Can you believe it? <laughs> That's wow. Who would deny Jesus Christ? They brought it to the publisher and they were like, come on, a sequel to the Torah? Come on. <laughs> That's been overdone. It's overdone. It's been overdone. We don't need another one. People are fine, <laughs> okay? Who is, Je- who is this Jesus guy anyway? What's his, this too what's his deal? Too no one will buy this. <laughs> so, uh,. So anyway, uh, you should read books, and especially when they're a good story. Uh, and this first idea isn't that the book was a bad idea. It's the stupid publishers who didn't pick it up and make a fortune. Oh, bad idea. Not making money. What are you doing? Yeah. So this uh, this book started as a book series in the 90s, evolved into a blockbuster movie series, now has spawned multiple spinoffs and has its own freaking park at Universal Studios that I want to go to real bad. It's Harry Potter. Oh, my God. Someone denied Harry Potter? Oh, yeah. How? Oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, everyone knows what Harry Potter is, right? I don't need to, like, explain it. Uh, Please don't. I mean, yeah. So according to its author, J.K. Rowling, uh, it started for her as just kind of a single idea, like a single sentence she said that came to her head. It said, uh, a boy who doesn't know he is a wizard gets to go to wizarding school. And okay. that's kind of the book. I mean, sort of. There's a little bit more to it than that. But at the end of the day, yeah. that's kind of it. That's um, a good starting idea, at least. Yeah, it gave her something to work with. So she first had that idea in 1990. And over the next three years, in the midst of moving to Portugal to teach English, losing her mother, meeting, marrying, having a child with, and divorcing a toxic, horrible dude named Arantes, and returning to Edinburgh nearly broke... Rowling finished the first book titled Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Ooh, man. Is this after the Sorcerer's Stone then? <laughs> what do you mean? I was just saying that people don't know that it's called the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, instead yeah, of the yeah. Sorcerer's Stone. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, they, they were like, philosophers don't have stones, you idiot. This is ridiculous. That. That's why Sorcerer's. I got denied. <laughs> yep, that's right. Oh, man. But it isn't enough to write the book because you do have to publish your book once it's finished. You need somebody to foot the bill to print it unless you're filthy, stinking rich and then ship it around the world to sell it. Right. Books need to, you know, be paid yeah. for. It's not simple. It's not a simple process by any no, means. It's not. And I mean, self-publishing is much easier nowadays than it was in the 90s. Like people can post their their stuff online if they want to. You know, more people are more accessible to printing, but. Back then, it was not that easy. You had to send in uh, a synopsis of your book to a bunch of different publishers and hope that one of them picked it up. Oh, man, that would that would be so, uh, I don't know the word, like, scary. Like, just, just straight up, like, if I get denied from all of them, I have no future for the yeah, next. Yeah, I just have this book that I've spent a lot of time writing that is just going to sit there. Uh, especially if it was a good book like Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So in 1995, she wrote a short synopsis of the book, uh, which she then took to many different publishers. uh, And unfortunately, 12 publishers said no. Holy cow. Was there something like wrong with the copy she was sending? No, like I've read like so you can find this at least the first page of the synopsis. And it pretty much just outlines the book. It's like Harry Potter lives with the Dursleys. They're mean to him. He finds out he's a wizard. He goes to school. He meets Ron and Hermione. It's like, you know, the story. And it sounds pretty good, even if you had never heard of it. But 12 publishers apparently didn't think that it was going to go anywhere. 
Yeah, in hindsight, like we know Harry Potter is a good story, so we we can just sit here and say, yeah, why didn't they pick it up? But also, like that that is a very it's kind of basic in 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 the most like smallest form of it. But also, twelve yeah. publishers didn't see any potential there. That's right. kind of ridiculous. Right. So uh, eventually, Harry Potter was picked up by Bloomsbury Publishing. And the book became an overnight sensation, and it has now become one of the most successful franchises ever. Makes a lot of money. <laughs> and 12 publishers shot themselves in the foot by not Yeah, for real. Up. Imagine being uh, the, that those publishers that said no. It's like, oh, man, awful. Uh, take take a chance on someone, man. Just, right. just They might surprise you. You never know. Yep. That's like, so uh, when I was researching this, uh, uh, other stories came up because recently, like over the last few years, J.K. Rowling's released a couple other books that aren't Harry Potter that are just like <laughs> right. different stories. And she wrote them under uh, a pseudonym. So uh, she re- used a fake name and she uh, posted uh, on Twitter like the rejection letters that she got for that book, too. Ooh. And they're they're just kind of hilarious because like one was like giving her tips on like, maybe go to a creative writing class and maybe uh, <laughs> oh, this no. is how you actually talk to a publisher, not realizing that they were talking to JK fricking Rowling. Like, See, Yeah. That, and that's gotta be like in a lot of professions where people yeah. look at your work and they're just like, wow, you don't even know what you're doing. And then you end up finding out that this person is doing like <laughs> exactly what you say they can't do all the time. Yeah. It's, yep. it's kind of a weird thought, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, give some books a shot if you're a publisher. Maybe if it sounds good, publish it. Yeah, you don't 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 just shoot ideas down because they don't sound good to you. Like if yeah. you're the publisher, you have to have an open mind. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I would assume. I uh, yeah, I think uh, a big thing to do, too, with stories like that, especially because they're geared towards kids is have kids read them. Like I know um, I've heard this story, too. So the book Aragon um, which mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of. Uh, it was yep. written by Christopher Paolini or Paolini or whatever his name is. Uh, he wrote it when he was like 15, but um, he originally self-published it and it was just kind of a local thing. And he had been denied by a bunch of publishers too, until one publisher, uh, his son managed to get a copy of it. And the publisher's like, <laughs> yeah, my son won't put this book down. Like he loves Holy it God. to death. And so that's how it finally got picked up and got like national printing. So yeah. Give yeah. give the kids to its target art books to the target audience and maybe they'll they'll tell you if it's good or not good or not. Yep. I mean involving kids in, in like their own their own education and like entertainment makes so much sense instead of just having an adult in a fucking office like deciding oh, no kid won't like that next. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's <laughs> the first thought that comes to my head is Elf. Uh, the movie where they're <laughs> <laughs> No, too vulnerable. No, no. can't do tomatoes. <laughs> can't do tomatoes what about uh, asparagus that's self-conscious about his pee <laughs> yeah classic line good movie go watch elf if you haven't oh watched it's that. a great movie it's not a christmas movie well it is but you can watch it whenever it's a great yeah. movie yeah i'll watch it tonight if i want to it's great yeah uh so yeah uh our other rejection story is slightly more famous and also happens to come from the uk slightly more than harry potter or yeah the you, yeah so uh you see in 1960 Uh, A small band was starting to pick up steam in its local clubs, and after hiring a manager, they were ready to look for a record deal. Hootie and the Blowfish. 
Hootie and the Blowfish in uh, 1960. Hootie uh, had found his blowfish and they were ready to roll. <laughs> and the, uh, the publisher said, no, that is stupid. There's no such thing. <laughs> what the hell is a hootie? <laughs> Man. Uh, so it took a while for them to even get get a foot in the door. You know, this is pretty common in the music industry. You know, you can have people come to your show and hear you play, but getting a record deal is is a big thing to do. Uh, and record companies don't just audition any band that walks through the door. Uh, but Decca Records, D-E-C-C-A, was willing to take a chance on a couple of different bands in 1962. Yep, once again, just take a chance. Yeah. You never know what the diamond in the rough you're going to find. Yeah, so in on January 1st of 1962, uh, they brought in two bands for a test run. Uh, essentially, what they were going to do is uh, each band would record between three and five songs. They would mix them, listen to them, and see how they worked. And then uh, the better band would get the record deal, pretty much. Hmm, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, so uh, the, the band we're talking about actually ended up recording 15 songs that day, which is a lot more than it normally happens. So they were pretty confident that they were, you know, going to do a record deal because when you record that many, chances are they'll just turn around and be like, cool, that's your first record. Set, ship you it out enough, the door. Get enough material. We're just going to give it to you. But uh, unfortunately, Decca Records decided to ba- uh, to sign the other band from the audition. Uh, their name was Brian Poole in the Tremoles. <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, Brian bad name. Poole. Okay, um, hmm. And who did they not sign? Yeah, so in the rejection letter, the band was told that guitar groups were on the way out, and the <laughs> band had no future in showbiz. Wow. Guitar groups were on the way out in 1962. <laughs> Good, yeah, no, no way. <laughs> oh, wow. man, these are the professionals, too. So, uh, unfortunately for Decca Records... Uh, the Beatles would turn out to be pretty big. Oh, wait, the Beatles. Yeah, that sounds You've heard familiar. of them, right? You've heard of yeah, the Beatles? I think so. So, <laughs> I think yeah. I have. Yeah, so, uh, yep, three months later, they were signed to EMI's Parlophone Records, and on June 6, 1962, they were, began recording at EMI's Abbey Road Studio, and the rest is history. do 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 Wow. I, when I when I see people talking about music and then the Beatles comes up, it's like, yeah, the Beatles were freaking huge. Like, yeah. I don't think people realize how big they actually were. It, oh, my gosh. I Not only not... were they like like they were incredibly popular, but they were also incredibly good at what yeah. they did. Like, I think people don't realize they're like, yeah, yeah, the Beatles. Everyone knows who they are. But like they put out constant records i think they put out a record every year in like from 1962 on literally every year which no band does and like all of them are like instant classics which is insane and like you said when they were trying to find a label to to pick them up they wrote 15 songs yeah they they had a lot of stuff ready to go (laughs) turns out they knew what they were doing jeez that's oof man so yeah decca records uh uh, shoot, shoot themselves in the foot by not signing the Beatles. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. Oh man, Harry Potter and the Beatles sleeper hits. Apparently, apparently, yeah. Who, who'd have thought? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, such bad ideas to to, to not pick. To say up. no. To say no to that. <laughs> Jeez. That hurts. All right. the soul. 
All right, you got you got you got one of these bad ideas this week too. Oh, do you want to want to talk or something? I thought the McDonald's one was already good enough. We can just end it there, right? We're done. All right, thanks for listening to the No Brainer Podcast. Uh, Michael doesn't have an idea. He's fired. I'm idealist. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, I have an idea. Oh, Are we ready God. to hear the non McDonald's news? Yeah, this is good because I feel like if people were like, wait, the show's over, and then they look at their phone and they see like 20 minutes left of the episode, they'd be like, what the fuck is happening? So, yeah, so, let's, uh, let's do your idea then. Let's go. All right. So, today I have the one and only Noid. Uh, oh, anyone... yeah. Does anyone in the room know what the Noid is? Anybody? I'm raising my hand. Uh, uh, Jared. Know it all. Do you know what it is? I know it has to do with pizza. <laughs> yes. So honestly, when when I when I was when I was growing up, when I was a wee lad, I didn't know what the hell what the noid was. I had no idea till I saw it on a little show called Family Guy, and I was like, "What? Ah. What the hell is this thing? What?" It what was is like, this "Yeah, thing? that happened." <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. Apparently, in in the 1980s, there was a noid. Noid, I don't know. I'm acting like this is an actual thing. It's not. It's just a made-up figmental character. But uh, it was uh, a character for Domino's Pizza. It was like their mascot in a way. It dresses in a red skin-tight rabbit-eared bodysuit with a black N inscribed in a white circle on its chest. Uh, that just sounds terrifying by itself. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I'm looking at pictures of it. He's... Uh, oh, you can get a Funko Pop of him? Dope, dude. It's That's still sick. big. It's still big. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah, he's uh, ugly. He ugly though. Yeah. The, the Noid was a physical manif- manifestation of all the challenges inherent in getting a pizza delivered in thirty minutes or less, because that used to be like the thing. You're gonna get your pizza in thirty minutes or less. Yeah. That that was like their slogan. Like that was like why you got Domino's pizza. You didn't get it because it was good. Because it wasn't. <laughs> ooh, ooh, deep cut coming in from Jerry. No, Domino's will literally tell you that their pizza wasn't good. They fixed it a couple of years ago. They're like, guys, we fixed our pizza, and their pizza's <laughs> actually good now. Yeah, reading about this, the whole Noid thing, well, I'll get to my topic in a second, but people did not like Domino's pizza, but apparently no, it, it, just it was kept not good. Popularity. Yeah. I never knew this, but yeah. So basically, the Noid was like the wily coyote to Domino's Roadrunner. It would just keep failing to stop the delivery in a funny fashion. And that's what the commercials were. That's what the Noid was. It was just the wily coyote. Fair enough. Okay. Just a copy that can work. And it just, it just kept being popular. It was weird. In 1989, there was going to be a Saturday morning cartoon series called The Noids. It was planned by CBS, and that would feature The Noid. It was crazy. Huh. They're going to get a, a cartoon series for this pizza mascot. It's weird. But, of course, the series was scrapped because uh, people complained it was too heavy of a marketing campaign and not enough of a TV show for kids, which well, yes. happens. Like, it's annoyed. It, that is the it, point. Yeah, they were like, dang it, they caught on. There's not enough of, of a moral standpoint for this annoyed character. They're like, you, <laughs> you know how we have like 20 up. minutes of show and 10 minutes of commercials throughout... What if it was just 30 minutes of commercial? <laughs> oh, man, that sounds like a great idea, but the kids won't like it. Darn. Dang it. Uh, so the, the Noid continued on. Uh, part of the advertising campaign included a computer game because, you know, computer games were kind of blowing up back then. Every little restaurant and 
product needed to have a, a computer game that you could put up, put on for your kid and they could just play it and get addicted to the idea of going back. Oh, yeah, get, of, yeah, getting more of that thing. <laughs> So yeah, 1989, they had a computer game called Avoid the Noid. The object of the game is to deliver a pizza within half an hour's time to an apartment building swarming with noids. So scary. So huh. scary. Are you, are you hooked on the noid yet? Because I'm not. I'm looking to see if I can play this game. <laughs> Avoid the Noid is a platform game for the Commodore 64. I could probably find it then somewhere. All right, well, I'll, I'll look for it. I'll look you better for it. pull out the old NES because there was also a Noid game on there titled no Yo Noid. <laughs> Yo Noid, <laughs> dude, I'm I'm a googling machine here today. That, Look, looking the, at these games, there was a game jam where someone made a sequel to this. <laughs> oh to my Yo god, Noid. Yo so Noid! Wow, huh? So yeah, overall, the Noid had a good run as Domino's mascot. This is not he's, the Noid was not a bad idea. It was it, honestly, it wasn't. It yeah, even gave some airtime on references in other shows like Family Guy, Thirty Rock, and even The Simpsons. So mm-hmm. the Noid not a bad idea, but the Noid had a dark moment in its history that not even I knew about, even though I already didn't know what the Noid was till adulthood. But whatever. But yeah, it was a. Uh, it was it was not good, and uh, that dark moment has a name, and that name is Kenneth Lamar Noid. What? It's a bad man. It's a bad man. Uh, <laughs> on, on January thirtieth, nineteen eighty nine, a man by the name of Kenneth Lamar Noid entered a Domino's restaurant in Chambly, Georgia. I think that's how you pronounce that. Okay. He was he was armed with a thirty. <laughs> A 357 Magnum and held two employees hostage for over five hours. What? Just because his name was Noid? Um, Kenneth believed... Was he... he, Wait, 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 wait. Was he a bit annoyed? (laughs) Yeah. Holy shit. Is that why they call him that? (laughs) Wait, is it? (laughs) You you bring up a good point. (laughs) I don't don't know anything about Noid. I wish I, I wish I did. Oh. I don't know if there's any real history besides it's just a freaking weird character. But yeah, that might be why, because you do get annoyed, annoyed by the Noid, the by the pizza being late because of the Noid. Wow, we're huh. breaking, we're breaking barriers here on the No Brainer podcast. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, let's get back to Kenneth here. Mystery solved. But we got another one. Why did Kenneth hold? two people hostage for five hours. Well, he believed that the Noid campaign was a personal attack on himself and that the owner of Domino's, Tom Monahan, stole Kenneth's last name and was even spying on him in his own apartment. So he's just mad that he found out the truth. Yes, yes. He he cracked open. Clearly the Noid was meant to be making fun of him. Like, it's very clear. Like, when you see the red jumpsuit. First thing you think is, man, they they're doing Kenneth dirty. Dude, that Kenneth guy, he needs to he needs to know about this Noid thing. Man, God. this 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 story couldn't have get gotten any crazier unless he was dressed in a Noid outfit. <laughs> like, he, yeah, he shows up in a in a Noid outfit. Oh my god, that would be incredible. Yeah, and the Noid like had, Tom had nothing to do with the Noid's creation. It was all done by like a European marketing team. Tom yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he just makes the shitty pizza. He doesn't come up with he, marketing. 
He's just in charge of the shit that, that kids and adults ate at the time. <laughs> so yeah, Kenneth, uh, he forced the employees to call Domino's HQ and demand $100,000 and, for some reason, a white limousine as a getaway. Yeah, well, you gotta get away in style. He 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 knows what's up. He's a he's a he's a sixteen year old just trying to have a good time, and he's that white limo. Man, for poor guy. Uh, so uh, as you do in a hostage situation, you comply. And one of the employees went to make the call, and Kenneth fired into the floor a warning shot to show that he was freaking serious. This man wanted his money, and his last name was Noid. And he wanted that white limousine. Also, firing at the floor. That's a new one. Most people fire in the air, but dang. Yeah, I feel I like don't know. firing at the floor is dangerous. Is it dangerous? How do bullets work? Yes, yes. Firing at the floor could cause a ricochet, while firing up in the air is relatively not super dangerous, I believe. Well, you're firing a gun, so I'm going to argue dangerous. Yeah, but I, like between the two. I'd rather fire Fair in the enough. air. And fire down on the ground in front of somebody. True, very true. This man is not stable. I think we can all all agree on that. No, definitely not. <laughs> so during negotiation, Kenneth offered to exchange one of the hostages for a copy of a book called *The Widow's Son*. Have you ever heard of that book, Jared? No, uh, haven't haven't gotten crazy. to it yet. I think that uh, it got denied by like thirteen publishers before it got made. But oh, that's crazy because the premise is so good. It was it was the second book in a science fiction series about the super elite uh, who controlled the world and even tried to convince the main character that he himself was a descendant of Jesus Christ. <laughs> huh. This book sounds rad. I want it. <laughs> The, so, like, the person who... I, I just wanted to know more about the book series, so I, I did a little research on that. So, apparently, this dude, like, made a series before that all about the Illuminati, and then he made another series focused around, like, a main character and how he deals with people from the Illuminati, trying to convince him that he's a descendant of Jesus Christ. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds nuts. Sounds nuts. Sounds awesome. I kind of want... I want in. Oh, That's getting... Okay. That would be published first try, guaranteed. Little yeah. boy going to wizard school? Nah. <laughs> little little boy goes to Jesus Christ camp, finds out he does he's a descendant. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Kenneth, he's a little crazy. So even after receiving the book, he went back on his word about freeing a hostage because he, uh, he crazy. He got the book he wanted and he didn't give the hostage off. Um, yeah, maybe he realized it wasn't that fair of a trade. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. He, it seemed like he just wanted something to do because it was probably like hour five or something. Yeah, I just want to read. I, there's nothing to do in here. There's only shitty pizza in here. So, Well, Jared, shitty pizza, you say. What happens when you're holding hostages for five hours in an intense situation? What What do you think happens? You make pizza. You get hungry. <laughs> you have <laughs> the employees make you two special pizzas. Oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, wow. that find out what the pizzas were that he wanted, but oh. they did get made. they did get made. And while Noid ate those pizzas, he put the gun in his lap, and the hostages just ran away. <laughs> well, nice. Yeah, that's good. That's a that's a good getaway strat. Yep, yep. Uh, and Kenneth was charged with kidnapping, aggravated assault, extortion, and possession of a firearm during a crime. And but coming was... too close to the truth. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Alex Jones up in here. He was so close, so, ladies and gentlemen, and he just uh, he blew it. Yeah, he got hungry. So close. He got hungry. <laughs> should have bought my bone broth. That's what he should have done. Just took <laughs> bone broth with him into the hostage situation. He, he didn't have enough brain pills. He wasn't good enough. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know how to word this last part. Not luckily. Uh, not luckily, he was not found guilty by reason of insanity. Yeah, apparently, uh, yeah, apparently Mr. Noid was just a little too off the deep end. He was reading a little too much literature that kind of led itself to making you believe anything. Yeah. As if someone is after you because they named their, their pizza mascot with your last name. You know, kind of odd. So unfortunately, this incident is assumed to be the downfall of the Noid mascot, but Domino's yeah. did not, denies that fact, even though it was discontinued a year later. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, right out the door with the Noid. Yep. I mean, the Noid, good idea. Holding a hostage because your last name's the Noid, bad idea. Bad idea. Don't do that. So if your last name uh, is any other mascot, so, like, if your last name's McDonald, you're not allowed to go to McDonald's. Um, <laughs> if your name's Wendy, don't show up to a Wendy's. Yeah, Dave Thomas would not appreciate that. Uh, um, what else? Uh, yeah, Jack, if your name is if your last name is in the box um, <laughs> or if your first name is Jack uh, or if you have both of those combined, uh, you might. Well, you might be able to. I don't see. Yeah, I could be. Yeah, oh, I, just, I just thought of a silly like movie where where you see a man in a suit. He's walking into a Jack in the box. And he's like, I want to speak to the manager. And then it pans up and it's the Jack in the box mascot who actually isn't a part of the franchise. And he's just there to sue people for, for taking his likeness and his name. Wow. Huh? You're going to make a whole movie out of that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be done. There's injustices around the world, Jared. Injustices. I, I, yeah. I think that's a good, bad idea to end on. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to think of more restaurants that we could go hold hostages at. Uh, Filet, if your last name's Filet. Filet. <laughs> um, I mean, what other restaurants? What else do you want? If you're if you're the next in line in the in the kingdom to take over, you can't go to Burger King. No, you're not allowed to. You can't usurp the throne. Is that how you pronounce that? Usurp. I think so. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, I um, I think that's it. I think that's it. Bad idea. <laughs> Bad ideas all around here. Oh man! Uh, all right. Geez. Well, uh, we want to thank everyone for listening to the No Brainer Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at the No Brainer Pod. Mm, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get big here real soon, guys. Just keep spreading the word around. <laughs> In fact, we're going to get so big that I'm going to check that email again live on the air like I usually do. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. We got no emails. Um, oh, man. Not even Google is responding to us. Wow. Yeah, we've got. Well, I mean, there's like the usual things like, uh, you know, somebody signed into your Twitter from a different computer. And that's usually just one of us on a different device. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got uh, Twitter sends a lot of emails. Yeah, like they're an absurd spammy. number of emails. Like anytime yeah. someone tweets, they're like, "Here, check an email." Oh yeah, you gotta turn that stuff off. You'll go crazy. You'll go crazy yeah. getting all those notifications, guys. Just, just fill us in on the bad ideas that you got, please. We want to read more. Give them to us, baby. 
Please. Give it to me a lot more times. Please. Please do. So catch you later, Brainless. Peace out. <laughs>